Hello. Should we just go? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, why not? Okay. Well, how how are you both? You all okay? All good. How are oh, you, Mark? Yeah. Bit stir crazy. Yes. Going. Mm, well, were you ever sane anyway? No, not with this line of work. I don't think it can fully be sane. <laughs> You've got to be a little bit kooky, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Everyone's quirky <laughs> in their own rights. <laughs> in their own rights. Unlike um, Adam, who obviously has to be very clear-cut and <laughs> technical in order to sit at a computer every day, all day, just changing things. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not really making any sense. But just anyway, tweaking things and uh, tweaking things, I don't yeah. know what they do. Yeah. You have to be very good at not going insane if if you're probably in any post-production technical sector. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, welcome everyone, uh, everyone listening, viewing. Um, we are the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Adam. And I'm Alistair. Excellent. And we, we might be able to cut out those delays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Let's hope so. Um, yeah, uh, just quick one. You, yeah, you're listening to, uh, if anyone doesn't know by now, maybe, maybe, maybe this is the first episode for people. Um, but yeah, you're listening to a filmmaking-centred podcast. We're filmmakers. I'm a producer, actor, writer. Um, guys? Director, writer, and editor. And I'm a DOP and colorist. Excellent, excellent. So yes, just a quick whistle stop tour of what we all do. I know it's very, very vague, um, but hey ho. Anyway, today, um, the reason why I made sure to reintroduce who we are, what we do, is because our topic today, we're, we're discussing amongst ourselves again, um, our topic today is telling a story through film. Quite an expansive topic, um, and we probably don't have enough time to cover it all, but we'll see where we get to. Um, a nice little summary, maybe, especially from our different perspectives of filmmaking things. Um, but first of all, what have we all been watching? Anything interesting? Do you want to go first, Al? Or Al? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I've just started watching uh, Money Heist. I'm in the ah, early nice. days of it. I'm a bit late to the party as well, but um, that's a... Uh, a Spanish TV series, which is better to watch with the actual Spanish voices than English subtitles instead. Um, and so far, quite gripping. Been quite impressed with it so far. Yeah. So, so yes, that, that I'd, I'd recommend that one. What? Where? Where's that? Where can that be watched? Netflix. Or where are you watching it? Netflix. Netflix. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what What is particularly gripping you about it? I think Heist makes it sound quite tense I know. and thrillery. Yeah, it is. I think, well, I'm always a big fan of thriller suspense, um, and it certainly has a bit of that. But like I say, I'm in the early days of it, so I will have to see where it goes. But mm. um, gripped so far. So, yeah. Excellent. Nice. Brilliant. Um, and Adam? I've uh, recently, not intentionally, but I thought I'd mention two Shia LaBeouf films that I've watched. Um, one being The Peanut Butter Falcon, which is incredible. And um, the second, which I, I just watched the other night, uh, being um, Fury, 
which ah, uh, yes. you guys might have seen. It's been out a while, so I assume yeah. that's... World um, War Two tank one. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf craze, yeah. I think... Um, I, I just think he's good in both of those. He got a lot of mm. interest from um, his films last year, Honey Boy and The Peanut Butter Falcon. So... Uh, but um, but I, I think he's he's always been pretty good, uh, yeah. very committed and interesting um, when you see him on interviews talking about his process and Fury in particular uh, sounds like craziness to have worked on. Um, yeah, I've all... heard a lot of like stories from the set of that, Yeah, especially including his um, Shia LaBeouf's method acting I guess um, you know not showering and yeah being, being yeah. had to be put in um, a different B&B to the rest of everyone right. who was working on it um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and the cut on his face was real apparently yes it was a yeah. real cut that yeah. he'd inflict on himself whenever it was needed um, and his tooth he apparently yes. either broke out or sanded down himself yeah fun fun <laughs> i mean why not <laughs> interesting um he's an interesting guy but oh yeah exactly how exactly. about you why he keeps people interested oh um been watching i mentioned it to you guys um in you know last week uh, good girls on netflix um not something i would have typically watched myself necessarily but was introduced to it um it's got uh, christina hendricks uh, Matthew Lillard, I think that's what he could, you know, Shaggy. Um, May Whitman and Retta, who I'd seen very briefly in other things, but as an ensemble cast, incredible. Um, and Manny Montano, I can't remember exactly his name, but anyway, yeah, very good cast. It's, um, when I first started watching it, it's uh, not really a spoiler to say that it's um, three women, women who are all interconnected, um, sisters and friends and they come across as your typical very clean-cut people I mean there's one that's a bit younger it's a bit more rebellious um, but they decide to for various reasons rob a grocery store get embroiled in some gang issues and you know spirals out of control from there and it's about their sort of actions to combat that and uh, yeah very interesting and it's your typical uh, it comes across like it could have been uh, like a 30 minute sitcom where it's a bit tongue-in-cheek bit slapstick at times but it's not it's quite serious lots of very serious issues hit very very good very good show on Netflix yeah um, so Yes, what we want to talk about today is telling a story through film. Vague-ish, but we'll see. We'll see We'll see what comes out of it, because I think we'll all have slightly different answers. Um, but I think that um, storytelling in film is very particular, in that it's you can't, you can't do it in the same way as a book. There are very... There are similar principles, um, similar character arcs and things like that. They all, you know, go across the, the medium uh, media quite nicely and you have to be aware of certain things. But filmmaking is and can be, I think, a little bit more experimental than, say, a novel um, or another type, maybe comic 
you know, obviously that's very creative as well, but there's there's formulas for each. But I think telling a story through film and, and TV can be quite experimental. Like we've done it in our films, you know, we playing on that. Um, I think maybe you could say that playing the narrator in a different way, like being more experimental as a narrator is a bit more freeing and experimental in film. Um, just as a first statement, what do you guys think about that? About it being a bit more experimental? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think absolutely. so, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but I mean, is that a good thing, do we think? I, I mean, it does allow for more options, but maybe you can be bogged down in certain amounts of um, non-linear, non-linearity. Perhaps mm-hmm. maybe there's too many options at all. I mean, films keep getting made all the time and they're yep. very fresh, but we're getting into the age now where you could argue that, especially with like Marvel superhero films, that that kind of telling of a story is getting very plain. Um, to to keep know. to keep storytelling fresh, it is mm. really about two things, in my opinion, and that is first. Um, generating empathy for the characters and the situations mm. and secondly connecting with uh, a human audience on a, an emotional level mm. and you can do that through all the various mediums to create the empathy you have to have um, well written well designed characters that are realistic that people mm. can relate to on a one to one basis that's one of the most powerful parts about storytelling through film is mm when your audience see themselves in the shoes of the character, it won't be everyone. Not everyone will be able to, you know, connect. And that's kind of where the second part comes in. It's, it's stimulating human feelings and emotions. And that can be done by, you know, various other things. So kind of performances, cinematography, visual effects, you know, visual stimulation, how powerful and how amazing a scene looks um auditorial um stimulation you know the the power of music in film can really change the way a scene is perceived mm. and i'd say kind of having those two as your sort of key principles of filmmaking um let's let's film be an effective tool for for telling stories Mm-hmm. You know, which you don't yeah. have in, with books in the same. Way. No, and also we've both um, written mm-hmm. or tried to write uh, novels as well. Yeah. I've not read yours, and I know you did it when you were quite young, so yeah. you probably <laughs> don't want to share it. I don't know. Not particularly. Um, not particularly. <laughs> I, I'm very much the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> but definitely with um, uh, it. It definitely when when I, when you're writing a, a screenplay it feels like what you write down on the page and then when you hand it over to a director um, or producer or anyone and there's so many different tools, I think, that can be used to convey that. Now, obviously, people adapt novels all the time, so you can still get that, but but it's when it's something specifically made uh, and written, to be made into a film or into you know a TV script, um, then it just feels like there's so much already there, which can, like you say, can be adapted. Um, and every single one of those tools 
is so different. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take the music example, the composition, or something similar like uh, the the color, for example. Mm-hmm. If you tweak it just ever so slightly, that changes the story incredibly. Um, and none of them are necessarily right either. Mm-hmm. That's that's the interesting thing. Like I think it's probably why directing is is such a crucial part of filmmaking. Um, is that you have to have that shared vision so that someone mm-hmm. can say yes and no at the tail end of each stage. To yep. keep it all in line and and um, on the same themes and everything, get hitting the right tones. Um, yeah, but, it all it all comes down to yeah the uh, director's vision, really, doesn't it? And uh, sure. all of those yeah. things are tailored in. Um, I, I love how film is like a combination of uh, maybe in the in the basic sense in a small short film, the combination of like five or six different people maybe less maybe a bit mm. more um in the big in the in the bigger like films that you'd see at a cinema um like in the hundreds of of people's um opinions and visions and creativity coming together but it's all kind of like directed in the right direction mm-hmm. by the director funnily enough um yeah. so like it, it it all does just come back to how mm they perceive the story how they and it can be done in a number of different ways like mm-hmm. being more hands-on being more hands-off with with different decisions and stuff but yeah. it is um guided at least by the director i think in whatever way they, they choose to do it for sure for sure and it it i think this is why it's such an interesting topic is because um taking the director and then Taking their ability to sh- to share their their vision with it and to explain it, um, we all hear stories of directors. Either, for example, George Lucas is quite regarded as being quite poor with actors, or he's just not a director um, who is well suited to direct actors. But if you want him to tell a visual story, he's got your back. Like he'll he'll always mm-hmm. do that. Um, and various other ones like Martin Scorsese will work incredibly differently to that. Quentin Tarantino, vastly differently to that. And it's amazing how some directors stand out because they are so particular in their way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And you taking the film aside, I think people want to work with the directors just just to see how they're going to tell that story. Um, their knowledge of what tools they can use, um, what they've been granted in in terms of what funding they have, uh, what budget's available, you know, all the different things. Maybe they have a composer that they've worked with previously. They know that they can tell their story using those, I don't want to refer to people as tools, but those assets, if you like, um, available to them. Yeah, it is that toolkit, that new... Absolutely, yeah. uh, And and that changes like constantly um through the years like visual effects becoming more of uh the the toolkit and even going from film to digital shooting um that's a a different tool that you can use uh to your benefit and i think film really works for me when it is being used as uh as a tool rather than as like a a gimmick like you're not just putting visual 
visual effects in for the sake of it, but you're using it either because it makes the shooting cheaper, potentially doing mm. it afterwards. Um, but but at the same time, you lose a bit of like that reality that you're trying to create on set. Mm-hmm. So um, then it becomes the choice of some sometimes like budgetary and all that, but sometimes what you actually want to do on set and what you want to um, do in post and how the actors are going to react better to that. And it's, you just like build all, all these decisions that um, the director and the core uh, like heads of departments make is kind of this web of decisions that actually ends up making a film in the long run um, and kind of against all odds bringing all these people together and making all these decisions that either turns out uh, as you intended or not, as I'm sure Mm. a lot of directors may have got to the end and thought, well, this isn't anything like what (laughs) what I intended. Maybe it's better, maybe it's Mm, worse. (laughs) I know you've had experiences like that, Al, where you've envisioned a a particular shot or something, something quite vital in your your view of how how to tell this story, how to unfold it. Mm. And those shots just haven't worked when you've looked back at them and you thought, that's just not, not like coming out as, as what it was in my head. Yep, like in here, it, it you know, can be the perfect shot or the perfect line or, or, or anything, you know, just something that, yeah. that, that I've convinced myself is quintessential to that scene and in that moment. But then seeing it in post-production afterwards and, and trying to fit it into the overall, um, storytelling it just does it no longer serves its purpose or it doesn't fit or it, mm. it just it just never sort of delivered in the first place you know it just it it's also getting rid of the heartbreaking part of being a director is, is being able to detach yourself at times once the filming is done and being able to step back and say right how much of this is just gratuitous and how much of it actually serves your characters serves your story um, because you can convince yourself that some lines are essential, mm. that some shots are essential, mm. but not always. And I think that's kind of on top of kind of having shots that don't quite, quite sort of come off. You can also have things that, that do come off but then no longer serve a purpose in 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 your story anymore. It's mm. the other side of it. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, we, we've had a recent experience of that, haven't we? we have. um, yeah. There's a whole a whole um, thought process in our most recent film, Conviction Without Remorse, which we mm-hmm. we just decided to not get rid of. That would be the wrong thing to say mm-hmm. um, because yeah. it's still very much a part of. What we how we see the story going, yeah. but yeah. just not essential in order to express the story yeah. as, in in the filmmaking format. If it was a novel, for example, where you where you have you know because there are well, here's another point about it. There are restrictions, so there are restrictions from budget you know budgetary budgetary restrictions, time restrictions. Yeah. You, you, I know there's advice in terms of how long a novel should be. There's advice when you're a, a beginner novelist, you know, keep it quite short so it's not an ep- an epic fantasy What right yeah, from yeah, the start. Yeah. There's advice like that and restrictions that are advised, but really you can write whatever you want. Mm-hmm. 
to sell a film, it's a little bit more... Not, it follows the same principle, but there's a hell of a lot more people involved with that, I would say. Um, and it also depends that, on the the, the end uh, place that it, it's going to be yeah. shown, yeah. the format, whether For it's sure. a short. Sure. Yeah. And that's something that yeah. we've been going back and forth with what uh, yeah. what actually is a short as well. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, yes. Because yes. technically, yeah. I mean, it could be anything less than a feature-length film and, and feature-length films yeah. uh, may start um, at least if you bought a DVD you'd probably struggle to find yeah. a feature film being any yeah. less than what an hour and 20 minutes would be a mm. quite a short yeah. feature yeah. But, but, then... but the uh, BFI and the AFI yeah the American Film Institute and the British Film Institute and yeah. the, even the Oscars all the different film festivals all have a slightly different definition of what a short film, uh, where, where that we ends, also, and it's like, what, what did you do? Yeah. And we also how, yeah, obviously but how, how have How do you tell a story in, that, in different times? Crazy. Yeah. And, and we also obviously have those, um, have those brackets as well for our, uh, with our festival for our um, shorts, mm. micro short and yeah. feature categories. So, uh, mm. but I think that it is a, a drastically different um, going from a, a, a like a forty-five minute to an hour kind of short film um, to be, between that and kind of like a ten-minute, fifteen-minute short is a completely different entity yeah. as yeah. well. I, I mean, it mm-hmm. is a, obviously forty-five minutes is more alike to kind of a TV episode um, mm. than. Mm. Than what you may typically think of as a short, but uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of different requirements, I'd say, and uh, yeah, if if you are doing a fifteen minute film, you need to kind of like keep the pace at not necessarily a fast pace because some films don't need a fast pace, but you need to keep keep the pace at uh, what's right for the film, not have any bits. Mm dragging necessarily i mean yeah because you can have a a slow paced film but if it if it all doesn't drag then um and it keeps holds your attention and everything then it it would seem as if it's the perfect length um yeah but it is so interesting to see what what you may be because our story and probably a lot of people's stories um could be a short could be mm. a feature, could be a TV series or whatever. Um, yep. So mm. there's uh, there's big decisions there of what to mm. have as uh, the short version of the story. What what you'd include mm. more in the film version. What you'd have as the TV series, like episodic mm. version as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, it may sound obvious, but there's um, a very particular mindset with each uh, different expression. So a short is very different to a TV show, very different to a feature film. And I think, it's, I think I don't know if you'd agree with me, Al, um, it's about when you unload different beats, like where do you sort of mm-hmm. end each chapter, if you like. Um, because obviously, let's take a, an eight-episode TV series. You've got eight chapters to work with mm-hmm. now you could take those eight eight chapters or those eight beats and say right mm-hmm. i'm going to take those 
put them into a feature film, you've then got less time, but maybe more maybe more complete time in, in, in the sense of you've got to compress those eight chapters, yeah. but maybe it flows slightly better. So each, mm-hmm. because you've got more, more in a TV show, because you've got more in that hour, you know, you've got eight hours to play with, you've got to fill that more. Yeah. Um, so you can have lots of different side stories and everything like that. So condensing it down into like maybe two hours or so means that you have to tell a more rigid story and then obviously short films even more so mm. um but it's about offloading those beats correctly yeah. um I'm, I'm definitely uh saying that with a pinch of salt <laughs> yeah. um to 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 the audience um and that that i think that's for me that's where the art is in yeah. telling a story through film is when when to hit those certain beats mm-hmm. when to reveal and information when exactly. to withhold it yeah and that's also interesting exactly. coming off the back of last week's episode uh, talking um, with Tom and Julian um, of the Deadly Promises film um, as as they were considering whether to take their their feature as it is now in the direction of um, yeah. like a web series or, sure. um, or the film that it actually ended up being. And then obviously you, you I'm sure there's been uh, for me, anyway, watching TV series that that you'd think uh, could have quite easily been a few episodes shorter or mm-hmm. um, or a film, mm. and then there's mm. films that you could think, well, I'd quite like to know more about that. That could quite happily have needed, um, yeah. Because if we, uh, the only like figures that I have at, at the top of my head, which is stuff that, which is what uh, we're all, the subject matter is what we're also talking about. Um, privately, uh, me and you in a way, Mark, because you're watching devs and I've finished watching devs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was about <laughs> yeah. six hours, 45 in total. And mm. you just kind of think, and that that's kind of interesting as well, because the director has done, um, two films previous to this mm. so he's packed his story on those into um into a shorter time period uh, mm. maybe like a two hour long film I, I guess ex machina and annihilation were mm-hmm. um so yeah then that he's obviously made that choice somewhere along the lines to to think that this story is big enough that to he needs a bit longer. go over yeah. eight episodes and, yeah Six hours mm. forty-five, and and you kind of yeah. can't imagine devs in a two-hour film. I, I can't no, really imagine how that. The would tone be. would have to change completely. Um, I mean, one of the, the tools of that show is the lingering on characters. You know, staying with them for maybe that ten seconds extra that you wouldn't have the option to do in a film. But it but it just adds to the the characterization which you were referring to earlier, Al. In just how do you express? The strong, the strength of each character. Different ways to do it. Um, mm-hmm. TV shows do it differently to, to films, but but, um, but maybe that's it. To a degree, is um, they they can be non-standard, but maybe it's the characters of the films and TV shows. It's just about how you explore the information regarding them, and that that is literally it. Just that art form. Um, mm-hmm. 
we could go into so many so much depth in different sectors, but well, that's it. Uh, it's exploring the sort of the non-verbal side again. If, if we compare mm. with books with films, a book will yeah. explore will will have it uh, almost documented every feeling and every thought that every character has, mm. and and you'll read it, and and that's how you interpret it. Um, but mm. in a film, it's it's much more about the um, the subtext that's going on underneath every scene. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's perhaps one of the best one of the strengths of film is being able to explore the subtext because I think you know every interaction you have with anyone in the real world has a, a certain level of subtext to it, whether we like to deny it or not. Um, mm. But that's real, you know, and therefore seeing it in film format and when it's done right, you know, you're not having. Um, sort of a, a narrative dialogue that's explaining every thought and feeling of every character as you would in a book it's mm. you know what can be told by this look what can be told by that hand gesture mm. um it's, it's just can we go into a little bit more detail on that al from your mm. perspective as a director so sure. when when <clears throat> you um are envisioning the expression of a story do you know mm. for example that you really want this character to give a side glance at this particular point, or is that something that you, in your experience, just comes from from doing on the on the day? Maybe it's different each time, but just your thoughts on that. It's it, it can vary sort of scene to scene. Sometimes I kind of feel it starts when you're writing a script, and when you're going back over it, you will sort of start to pick out lines that don't really fit anymore or they just aren't needed because mm. you know it, it's it's a line of dialogue that wouldn't necessarily feel right to be said mm. and can be shown yeah. instead yeah um and i think in terms of displaying it sort of on production on the day um that sort of comes down to two things the the director's work with the actors being able to understand and highlight uh key feelings and emotions that those characters will have in the, in that moment yeah. but mm. also the power actors can bring that you know sometimes they will do something that they feel feels right um, mm. and nine times out of ten um, it is right for that moment mm. um, and yeah. to, to bring you in here Adam because um, that's a very good point I th- I'm going to say it was James Dean I think maybe um, but anyway a, a famous actor once said that um, he had a page of script to work with or several small paragraphs or whatever and he said look I can tell all of that in one look I can do that um, but to bring you in as a DOP Adam do you both think then that um, visually you can tell the story take away all the dialogue um, I mean obviously there are quite a great many silent films but um Taking away dialogue, maybe the crux of a film could be relied on to be told through visuals and through maybe uh, a really good soundtrack, for example. That's well, that, that is it, something certainly possible. Yeah, that that's something that um, that where it differs quite a lot from books because uh, you you could have kind of at least. Uh, kind of a paragraph describing how the scene looks, um, how the mm. the room that they're in or the landscape yeah. that they're in is. Uh, whereas you can show that in 
kind a of second. a second. Of, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Although obviously it, it takes a lot of production design and for everything sure, to make sure. that happen and coordination and stuff. But visually in the end film, it does come out quite quick and you don't need mm. to... You don't need to physically describe what people are wearing, where they are, anything like that, um, yeah. because it is captured there. And that, I think, um, that is also was one of the uh, goals when I worked on uh, the film Cradle as well, that um, I did with our friend and actor Joe Facer, um, who also wrote it as well. But that is there's no dialogue in that um and we wanted to try and tell the story um on kind of three pillars uh, which were our kind of three um uh main areas of of abilities really um on the cinematography on um joe's acting um mm. and uh, and writing as well mm. um mm. and then also the score and mm. we we it was an, just an experimentation really to see if we could um, tell the story on the, yeah. those three if it worked if you stripped back um, the dialogue uh, if you stripped back a lot of other things everything else was quite um, minimal uh, c can you tell a story based on those three things and That's I think it. you yeah, can two people didn't essentially two people and I think you incorporated in um uh was it Hamish that to do the yeah. composition? Hamish yeah. Dickinson yeah. did the uh the original score for it as well. Yeah. So th um, essentially so three yeah. three people and yeah. you've told this very emotional story. Um yeah. I remember watching that. It's really good. Um it is actually on one, one of our films Oops, that's um uh, one of the films that is actually watchable. So <laughs> We can put a link to that. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, but yeah, you can. You can, but like, like logistically, physically, you can actually watch that. Oh right yeah, now, it's not on the festival. It's not that like because it's uh, the only one with actual quality. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see oh, how dude. those words were wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but you you can if you want to watch that right now. You you, you sure can, and we're willing it, to. It's that. highly um, it, as a film. You can watch it. It's it's yes. highly unwatchable. You'll as you a, won't enjoy it, but um, <laughs> but it is there. <laughs> Yeah. it's accessible at least yeah and it's like it's only like five minutes long isn't it so yeah if you've got five minutes to spare um i'd have a box of tissues handy because it's a bit emotional but yeah um what about your thoughts on that Al, about the it's... telling it visually with with a soundtrack for example and yeah. i'm not going to say nothing else but yeah yeah um every shot can be purposeful Mm. Um, every shot tells the story, even a shot that, that doesn't necessarily have a, a character in it. Um, when you play with the movements, the angles, the heights, the depth of fields, there's a lot you can actually tell without dialogue altogether, you know? Um, mm. And even simple things like the positioning of a character on screen, how much mm. space do they have? How much movement is incorporated? Is the character nervous? Does the camera need mm. to be shaky? Is it quite an action-packed yep. scene where it needs to be quite flashy and snappy in the edit? Um, all purposeful. Um, and the music kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that. They, they, they kind of complement each other quite nicely. Um, sometimes you'll even have a music track that, in mind first that might dictate what the scene needs to, to be like, um, how it needs to be edited together. Yeah, um, yeah. 
otherwise sometimes it just doesn't fit but but yeah mm. um you can definitely tell a a powerful story without dialogue and mm. cinematography and music play a massive part in that and there's also those choices as well uh, that Al was just talking about, uh, like um, positioning of the character in the frame and uh, and all things like the set and everything. They're things that um, I, I believe that the act, the the, the viewer watch it, that's watching it will is whether consciously or unconsciously that believing that they're things that we've intentionally put there as the filmmakers. Um, yep. So if we're not thinking about all of those things, then we've got kind of unintentional things in there that the, the viewer is watching and thinking that we've put in there for a reason or even mm-hmm. unconsciously that that is, that becomes part of our film. So mm-hmm. that's the amount of like detail that, that you need to go into um, mm. making sure that 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 you want the the character, the actor standing yeah. in that place um, in the frame. You want there to be like a vase on the other side of the frame, or you want there to not be a vase and no, nothing like a white wall. Um, they're all things that kind of that we mm. have to make the decisions on. Yeah. yeah, and beyond that, like the having you can have the same shot. And if you just change the colour up, it changes the tone dramatically. It's just yeah. amazing what you can do with, and with very little. That we yeah. have to make yeah. them intentional whether whether something is a bit a bit greener or a bit bluer or a yeah. bit warmer. Yeah. Um we we make those decisions and that's mm-hmm. what that's what ultimately ends up um as the film as a series yeah. of decisions that yeah. come from uh, initially the the writing and the direction, um, but then passed down to all of the different departments and uh, mm. people that are bringing their talents to the work mm. as well. It's all that's where it all comes from, and uh, guided along the way by the director, with hopefully some good ideas from the cast and crew as well along the way. And uh, it, but that really also comes from the director selling you on the vision, really. Um, if everyone's sold, if everyone's working towards the same goal, I'd say that's one of the most important things to make sure in the pre-production phase, um, as a director, that everything, everyone's heading in the right direction. So when it comes to it on the set, everyone knows um, the intention and where every where where the film needs to go, um, yeah. so they can suggest something. That's not wildly off. That it, it's it, if anything, it, it just needs a bit of fine tuning to get towards the uh, the director's vision. But it's it is basically um, kind of in the right ballpark of the of the story that's being told. It's just handed down to all these different people's decisions, and that's where the craziness of filmmaking comes into for me. Like <laughs> yeah. how a film yeah. gets made is is crazy especially when um well even even with uh with 10 15 people on set um yeah. moving up to the bigger scale things like how, how everyone is heading people? yeah exactly how, the right direction yeah it's mm. um yeah it's a kind of an amazing thing to be part of and one of the things that's the most uh that makes you want to 
do it the most, I think, when yeah. you see all of these people yeah. coming together for a common goal. Yeah. 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 I've often started relating it to an air an aircraft. You think, how in the world does that thing actually fly? But when you look at it in closer detail, you see that there's so many little components which you need, you have to have working perfectly in order to create that. And eventually now, I'm not saying... looking effortlessly as well. Like, exactly, like exactly. yes, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's it with the, with the film. You, you wonder how many people, how many... How do you get? How do you get to that stage where you can actually make your film? Because there's so many different little components which you have to get right, and you you do hear about stories of films just being so chaotic. Yet fortunately, it worked. That's I would I would argue is not that's out of the ordinary. Otherwise, you know that that is so often going to lead to disaster because obviously when you've got a, a big amount of people and they're all free free to do their own thing. Um, without that kind of overall vision, you're going to get some interesting results and it's not always going to be... It's not going to align. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, e- um, and even if you see a film um, that you don't necessarily like, that you don't think has worked that well, there's so much that's typically gone into making yeah, it that... just as, um, a, as a production. Mm. Yeah, that's like so many places where a film could have gone wrong... Um, yeah. That I think it's yeah. it's a miracle that uh, more films don't go wrong. That there yeah. is like yeah. that, that there is that joint vision. Like because yeah. you have to be working as a, a crew of people with kind of one one brain kind of thing. Mm. So mm. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing when it when it's pulled off right, and uh, there is a lot of good stuff that you can watch these days. So. Um, For sure. Obviously, Lots people of good are. Stories. Yeah. yeah, people are yeah. doing really good stuff, and uh, mm. we see a lot of it um, in the festival uh, and like onto Netflix and at the cinema and things like that. So, um, mm-hmm. it's positive a, sides. Yeah, it's a great yep. time to be working yeah. in film. For Please. sure. For sure. Right then. So, I mean. <laughs> It's yeah, we could go on for hours because there's so many different things you could talk about. But I think that's a nice little whistle stop tour through filmmaking, um, sorry, storytelling through film. Um, obviously, if there's anything that we've said which has captured anyone's interest, particularly, we can go into further detail and with with pleasure as well. Um, but yeah, we'll sort of wrap the the main topic of the conversation up there, um, unless anyone has any final words, particularly. No. No. Yeah. I mean, the the, the trouble is, if you say one thing, you can open a a door into talking about something forever. Um, So, yeah, that's that sort of our instant take. Um, Yours might be different. So let us know. Let us know what you think, um, whether you agree or disagree, whatever. We'd love to hear it. Um, But thank you for listening so much. Uh, We do, of course, have a code for you this week, and I will just get it up for you now so make sure you have your device pen and paper i will always vote for the pen and paper of course in pencil let's go even further back in time um a quill yeah go for it but anyway the code (laughs) wd pod 333 again that's wd pod 333 and as always, that's 10% off for this this week. So if you are listening to this in the future, 
unfortunately you've missed out on this one, but stay tuned for our next one. Yeah, that's it really. Hope you've enjoyed our little ramble. Any final words, guys? Uh, look forward to um, talking to you next week or next yeah. time. Absolutely, absolutely. Stay um, safe, stay alert. Stay safe, stay alert. <laughs> All the buzzwords. Follow right the now. government's um, advice. Yeah, go out, but don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> or well, stay in and watch many stories on your TV. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Bring it back. Um, okay, thank you very much for listening, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. <laughs>